They're crazy, they're zany, and just plain nuts, but they love Jesus. America's Keswick and all of you. Here are the hosts of the Bob and Bill podcast, Robert Hayes and Bill Welty. Well, good afternoon, Bob. Hey, Bill. How are you? Good. We're ready for the Friday edition of the Bob. I can't believe the week has flown by. I know. You know what's crazy? We talked about all these wildlife creatures Mm -hmm. that have been... I mean, you got a snake, and I had a snake, and there's snakes everywhere. Well, yesterday, I was working on my deck lights, Mm -hmm. and as I went to plug in, something scattered. I jumped and screamed (laughs) like crazy. Now, I have baby groundhogs in my backyard. Oh, no. Yeah, they're good in soup. Oh, brother. So maybe we're going to do groundhog soup well, this we, summer. Yeah. They do that in mantras, right? They eat yeah. squirrel. And... Yeah. Okay, so... Whatever was fresh of the day. Jim Ro- Lang's going to come back. <laughs> Roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. So Jim Lang's going to come back and lead us in another session of Walk to the Bible today. But before he does that, what's the song for today? Well, very interesting. I didn't know this until our past Gaither hymn sing, but we are singing another trio number called Lovest Thou Me. And that was written by the Gaithers as well. So I hope you'll enjoy this song. So give a listen as our trio sings Lovest Thou Me. Modern times have brought us many comforts. People live More than fame, 
good afternoon. Thank you, Bob and Bill, and uh, it's good to be back with you. And so we're going to be doing uh, another eight sections of our uh, Old Testament live uh, from Walk Through the Bible. And I encourage you, if you, if you enjoy these, these little sessions, uh, go back on Walk Through the Bible's YouTube. They have a, a great program called Step Into the Story uh, back in April, and you can watch those. Or uh, if you wanted to come and hear Dr. Phil Tuttle here, week one of our summer conferences, uh, July 12th through 17th, you can call um, guest services and make your reservations for that. And so why don't we review what we, what we did on Wednesday. And so we went over the first major events of Scripture, and that was creation, fall, flood, nations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and I actually forgot to give you the last one, and that was Joseph. And so if you remember, uh, the sign of, of Joseph's father's favor on him was his multicolored coat, and so we just go Joseph for that. So today, I wanted to take you, we're going to fast forward a little bit. And so uh, after Joseph, the Israelites get put into bondage in Egypt, and they're, and they're in bondage, and God delivers them. Uh, he raises up a man named Moses to deliver them and, and brings them out into a, a land that, that he had promised to Abraham. And, and the Israelites first um, get scared and, and they don't enter into the promised land and, and they end up having to wander around the desert for 40 years. And, and so we're going to fast forward to now. Uh, uh, the generation that doubted God has, has died off and God uh, God has raised up a new leader. So Moses has pa- passed away, and God raises up a new leader, a five-star general named Joshua. And so Joshua is a general, and so we're going to salute Joshua. And so uh, the sign for Joshua is just a, a, a salute. And so um, Joshua is going to be the person to lead the people into the promised land. And, and, and God had promised to give the land over to the Israelites, um, but there was many obstacles in the way, and so uh, you know it just wasn't gonna. They weren't just gonna walk in there. There was gonna be some things that they had to overcome. And so, as you, if you read the book of Joshua, if you if you just kind of sit down and, and read through through the book, uh, there's a, there's an overarching theme that you'll see kind of right away as as you begin reading, and that's one of of courage. And and God is continuing to to tell Joshua to to be courageous. And so I, I would ask you to just kind of reflect as, as we think about, uh, about the call on Joshua's life. Where in your call, as God is leading you, where is God calling you in this season of your life to be courageous? Where, where have you kind of given way to, to some fear and God is kind of calling you to, to step out in courage and to step out in faith as, as you overcome some of the obstacles that, that you face? Well, one of the obstacles that, that the Israelites and Joshua faced was this, the fortified city of Jericho. And so God uh, had a plan on how the Israelites were going to overcome this, this fortified city. And so he told them to, for six days one, to walk around the city one time for six days, and then on the seventh day to walk around the city seven times. And then at the end of that, blow a trumpet and, and shout, and wouldn't you know it that when they did that, the walls of the city just fell. And what I love about what I love about Scripture and reading through the stories of Scripture is there's just, there's just kind of uh, theme throughout Scripture where where God um, kind of uses things and and uh, that 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 can only be traced back to Him. That victories that just seem absurd can only be traced back to him. And this is one of them where, where he had the people just march around the city and, and shout and blow a trumpet and the city walls fell. 
And so that victory can only be traced to God. And so Joshua trusted God, and they did just as he said. And, and sure enough, the walls of Jericho fell. And so the Israelites continue after Jericho. The Israelites continue to advance into the promised land, and God has given them victory. The strategy that Joshua uses to, to conquer the lands is divide and conquer. So we have Joshua using the strategy of divide and conquer. And so he attacks key cities in the center of the land and effectively splitting the land into two. And then he conquers this, the south side and then he conquers the north. And so he divides and conquers. And this dividing and conquer takes about seven years but it's one thing to 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 conquer a land, it's, and it's another thing to to settle into it. And so Joshua divides and distributes the lands into cities into the twelve tribes. And so we have Joshua; he divides and conquers, and then he's going to settle into the twelve tribes. And so the book of Joshua it's actually twenty four chapters long, and it, and it divides along the same way. Twelve chapters are the dividing and conquering, and then 12 chapters are really the, the, the settling of the land into the 12 tribes. And so after 400 years of waiting, God fulfills the promise that he made to Abraham back in Genesis that we talked about on Wednesday. In settling in the land, God commanded Israel to, to kill and destroy all the inhabitants of the land. So they were to go in there and they were to, to kind of rid the land of all the, the inhabitants that were living there currently. And because God knew his people, God knew that if the Israelites went into the land and, and lived among the other nations, that they would start to become like the other nations, that they would start to, to worship their gods, they would start to, uh, to become like them. And so God tells them to go in there and just destroy everyone and just leave no one behind. But instead of listening to the life-giving word of the Lord, you know, as we talked about last time, instead of listening to, to God and, and, and listening to his word, um, the Israelites started to compromise. And instead of destroying everyone in the land, they started to kind of make trees with them and, and live among them and, and eventually to, to become like them. And so we, we start to see the result of this type of compromise in the book of Judges. Now I'm going to tell you, uh, I love reading God's Word, uh, but uh, God really used the book of Judges in my life, and I encourage you, if you've never studied the book of Judges, to, 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 to read it and to study it. It really gives us a picture into the cycle of our, our sinful behaviors. It really is a, a great study on just human behavior in general, and so I, I would encourage you to, to read that. And so the, for the next 400 years, we see the land of Israel being administered by, by a series of judges. Okay, so we have Joshua, who divides and conquers. He divides into the 12 tribes, and now we have the book of Judges. And in the book of Judges, there are 13 that are mentioned, 10 in passing, and then three kind of in great detail. And, and you have this overarching theme of, in the book of Judges called the Judges Cycle. And you can see this in the book of Judges, but you can kind of also see this in, in, our own, in our own stories, in our own lives. And so you have the people sin against God, 
and then they suffer the discipline of God. And, and it usually comes at the hands of a, of a neighboring ungodly nation. God uses that nation to, to, uh, to bring discipline on, on his people. And so you'll, you'll have the people sin, uh, God disciplines them, and then in their oppression to the other nations, they cry out to help from the Lord, and then God delivers them through one of the judges. And so the, the nation, as you read through this book, you, you just think that these people must suffer from amnesia because they just go through this cycle over and over and over again. They sin against the Lord. They, they go into oppression. They cry out for help, and then God delivers them, and then it starts all over again. And so we're going to look at three of the main judges. And so the first one we're going to look at is Deborah. And so Deborah is the only female judge. And so for Deborah, we're going to just kind of comb our long hair back, though, and and go Deborah. And so Deborah was a a, a prophetess, uh, and she had a a word from the Lord, and she brought that word of the Lord to a man named Barak. And and here's what the Lord told her to to tell Barak, that, that Barak was going to take his men, and he was going to go out and fight the Canaanites who were oppressing uh, Israel at this time. And the Lord told Deborah that, to tell Barak that, they would, that he would deliver the, the Canaanites to them. And, but Barak was afraid. So he hears this word from the Lord and, and Deborah brings it to him. And, and, and his, his first kind of instinct is fear. And he said that he would only go if Deborah would go with him. So Deborah agreed. And, but she told Barak that, that if I go with you, then, then the, the glory for the victory would belong to a woman and not to him. And so they go out, and just as the Lord said, the, the Canaanites are delivered into the hands of Israel, and the glory of the victory does go to a woman, but it might not be who you think it is. And so I would encourage you to go read Judges chapter 4, and I think when you do, you will get my point. Uh, the next judge we're going to look at is Gideon. And the Israelites in, the, in this story are now under the oppression of the Midianites. And God told Gideon that he was going to use him to free the, free the Israelites from the Midianites. Uh, but again, God's word is met with a little bit of trepidation, with a little bit of fear. Uh, Gideon kind of has uh, a list of excuses as to why he can't be used by God, and so he needs some assurance from the Lord, and so um, he he wanted a sign from God, and so he tells he tells God that uh, one evening he's going to put out a fleece, and the next morning if he wakes up and on the fleece is the dew and the and the ground is dry, then he'll know that the Lord is with him, that the Lord will deliver the Midianites into his hands, and so. Gideon puts out a fleece, and the next morning he wakes up, and sure enough, the fleece is is covered in dew. The rest of the ground is dry. And so Gideon was like, well, Lord, that was was great. That was was awesome. But he's like, I'm going to need a little bit more confirmation. So he says, tonight I'm going to put out the fleece and now have dew on the ground and, and, and have the fleece be dry. And sure enough, the next day, that's exactly what happens. And so the, the hand sign for Gideon is wringing out a, a, a wet fleece. And so we have Deborah and Gideon. And so um, God told, so, so Gideon now believes God that he's going to deliver Midian into his hands. And so he, he assembles the army and he assembles the army and they have about 32,000 people. 
And God tells him, you have too many. And so as you go read the story, God kind of wills the army down. And again, this is one of those instances where God is just uh, showing us that it's not through our might or our ability, it's through his power that victory is won. And he whittles the army all the way down to 300 people. And wouldn't you know it, with these 300 people, Gideon defeats the Midianite army. And I'd I'd go and encourage you to read that story in Judges chapter 7. So after Gideon, sometime later, the Israelites are now being oppressed by the Philistines. And God raised up a man named Samson who had been dedicated to God from birth. Now I'm going to be honest with you here. Samson is, is my, my favorite character uh, in the book of, of Judges, I, I loved studying his story. And he's known, he's, he's kind of known, even if you're not a Bible scholar, even if you didn't even grow up in the church, you kind of know about Samson, that he was this strong guy. And so I always love doing this part of the segment, but I got to say, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't been able to train to, to be my best Samson because the gyms have been closed since, since March. And so I might be a little bit weaker of a Samson than I usually am. So the hand sign for Samson is my favorite one. It's just you're going you're gonna to make big muscles and go, Samson! And so I really encourage you to do that at home. Just freak out your neighbors as loud as you can. Samson! So Samson, he's physically strong, but he's morally weak. Uh, he was the strongest weak man, or, or you could say the weakest strong man. And Samson's parents made a, a Nazarite vow, and which, which means he, Samson couldn't, he couldn't drink any wine, he couldn't eat anything that, that came from a grape. He, he couldn't touch a, a dead body or, or a corpse of, of, of any kind. And we'll see as, as you read the story of Samson, you'll, you'll see that he made compromise after compromise after compromise. And, and eventually, compromise became his downfall. He became intimate with a Philistine woman named Delilah, and he, he revealed to her that, that the strength he had um, was actually, it, it came from his hair. And so Delilah sold out Samson to the Philistines and they, they cut his hair and they, they gouged his eyes out and they made him their slave. And, and just this dire situation. And what I love about Scripture is always these, these verses of hope. And in Judges 16.22, the Bible says, but Samson's hair began to grow back. And in one final act of strength, uh, Samson pushed down the pillars of the Philistine temple and killed about 3,000 Philistines. And he killed, he actually killed more Philistines in his death than he did his entire life. And so in the Judges, in Judges, we see this uh, picture of Israel's waywardness and unbelief. And we see this sin cycle that occurred seven times throughout the book. And the key to the whole book of Judges is kind of found right in the last verse of the book. And it says, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so uh, just to review the book of Judges, we have Deborah, we have Gideon, we have Samson, and then we have everyone did what was right in his own eyes, except for Ruth. And so we have one of the darkest periods of Israel's history is, is found in the book of Judges. And, and it, but it does provide uh, some of the biggest backdrops for, for some of its brightest exceptions. And so everyone did what was right in, their, in his own eyes except for 
Ruth. And, and Ruth is really a story of love and redemption. It's set in the dark days of Judges. Ruth forsakes her, her, her heritage in Moab in, in order to cling to, the, to, to Israel and cling to the God of Israel. And because of her faithfulness in a time of national faithlessness, uh, God rewards her with a new husband, Boaz, and, and a son, Obed, and, and, and a privileged position in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And so the last judge we see of Israel is Samuel. And Samuel actually becomes the first prophet of Israel. And Samuel was given to God by his mother, Hannah. And, and, and he grew up in the temple under the, the tutelage of the priest, Eli. And as a young boy, Samuel heard the voice of the Lord. And so the hand sign for Samuel is just put your hand to your ear and say, Samuel. Okay? And so God used him uh, to judge Eli's wicked sons who had used the priesthood to, for their own ad- advantage. And the people came to Samuel one day to request a king because they wanted to be like the other surrounding nations. They seemed to forget that God was their king. And, and despite Samuel, Samuel gave a stern warning. If you go and read the story, Samuel gave a warning about the cost of having a human king. But the people insisted. And so Samuel becomes the person who anoints um, the first kings of, of Israel. And we start to go into the, the kingdoms of Israel. But we're going to stop there for today. And so we're, we're going to review real quick what we went over today. And so we had Joshua, divide, conquer, 12 tribes, judges, Deborah, Gideon, Samson. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes except Ruth and Samuel. Again, I hope you enjoyed our our time together. I hope that this has encouraged you to go to read some of these stories, to find out uh, a little bit more uh, to, uh, about these stories, to, to see how God will speak to you through them. And also, again, if you, if you found this interesting, go back to Walk Through the Bible's YouTube channel. Watch Step Into the Story. You get the full Old Testament live. Or you can come and see Dr. Phil here at America's Keswick, July 12th through the 17th. Thank you for joining me. Well, Bob, yes, Bill. <laughs> I'll tell you, pretty soon we're going to be right in the middle of our summer season. I know. It's, it's going to be a great summer. I'm and it's going to be different. To Very different. Tell, tell our friends just a little bit about some of the activities that you have planned. Well, we, we have chosen the theme Destination to Holiness. And so going along with that, we decided to go with a train theme. So there oh, perfect. We is, have one track minds. Yes, we do. And uh, so a lot of the things that we're going to be doing have to connections with trains and railroads and and our activities coordinator we're really working on his name but the one that i i think i heard recently that i really like is captain of the keswick conductor paul aboard oh that sounds good get it yeah that's good so we want to invite you to be a part of our summer season it's going to be an awesome time again looks going to look different but we're looking forward to see what god's going to do Flexibility. Bro- flexibility. That's my word for the summer. So call today for a reservation or for our brochure, 1-800-453-7942.
or visit our website, www.americaskezik.org. Hey, thank you for, for being a part of the podcast this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, let us know. Write us at bewealthy at americaskezik.org, or it'll be in the description below. If you'd like to learn more information about America's Keswick, you can visit our website at www.americaskezik.org. Join us every Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 for the next edition of the podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Tyler. And have a good and godly day.